Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Agent Daily Dose podcast, where we talk about the day-to-day tips, tricks, stories, and insights to stay on top in the world of real estate. I'm Stu. And I'm Delroy. We're both top producing real estate agents who have doubled our business four times in four years, and now we're dedicated to moving our industry forward. Our digital mentorship program will equip you with courses, playbooks, resources, and improve your game to dominate your market. So be sure to subscribe, and thanks so much for tuning in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Agent Daily Dose, episode 12. Episode 12, yo. And we're in the month of February, and I want to make a statement that Live Distinct is a black-owned company. <laughs> that was um, the wrong button. <laughs> we got some- there we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so Black History Month. February in America. I honestly don't really subscribe to a monthly thing. I'm black every day, all day when I walk around. It just is what it is. Um, But let's just use it as a moment to share some information, experience, and uh, so take it away, Stu. Tell us about how it feels to be black. Yeah, let me give the whole perspective, start to finish, (laughs) because I have so much knowledge, (laughs) personal experience. No, Um, I think uh, today's conversation, uh, you know, should be, you know, we wanted to create some space for a conversation on race and real estate and, and Delroy, basically for a back, quick backstory. Um, There's two things I want to say here. Delroy, number one, recently on Clubhouse has had a couple of really good conversations uh, with other agents around the the country um, about race and real estate and um, real estate representation from, uh, you know, African-American realtors, people who are investing in real estate. And um, what's really cool to see is how engaged uh, those rooms are. People are asking questions that are packed. They are ready to learn, which is really, really cool. Um, But the other thing I want to share, too, to to start just from when I first came over to Sotheby's, Dell had been there for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. I flipped through a catalog uh, of our uh, all of our listings. We do a a magazine at Sotheby's and all our listings. And in the very back, it's a it's a couple of pages of all of the brokers flip through the brokers, flip through the brokers, flip through the brokers. There's page after page. All white people. Yeah. Yeah. Every single one. There's a lot of them. And then one black guy. (laughs) And that was Delroy Gill. And right then I was like, man, I'm definitely going to be friends with that person (laughs) because they must have just a, I I just knew right away seeing that, like that's not something that is a mistake. Like Delroy is trying to emerge and be a presence. And that's not the easiest when you don't have the inroads that are laid out obviously for you. Yeah, no, there was no there was no roadmap. Um, definitely not in Denver anyway. In different markets, it may be different. I'm only going to be able to share my personal situation and what's happened here in Denver. But yeah, as Stu said, like definitely when I was getting started here, uh, I'll just tell you actually, my intro to it and when I was like, oh, like it's, it's different is so quick story of because there is a there is also like I'm black and I'm English so I've got an accent so there's different there's different layers to it with me and it and it and it definitely showed me one day when um I was I was at my old brokerage and more agents there still I'm the only black person in the entire building there were like four or five other companies in this building real estate being one there was a bank 
a dentist, a mortgage company, a title company, big, big building, bunch of different companies. Long story short, one day I got locked out of the office. I was trying to get back into the office. It was like 6.37ish or whatever. I'd been working late, ran out to my car to get something, went back um, and couldn't get back in. So I'm knocking on the window of the bank. These guys see me every single day. Like I've been in this building for three years plus. Like coming in his office, I say hi to them. I think I've even bought them coffees before in the bank because um, there were some young guys, they were cool. Whatever, long story short, they panicked because they saw a black man knocking on the window of the bank, even though they've seen my face every single day for three years. Then they like ran around to like the back of the building. So I ran around the back because I'm like, I need to just get in, get my bag and leave. I don't like you guys are panicking, whatever. I went around there. They locked the door and I was like, oh, they're probably just going to call the police. I'm going to just leave. So I left. The next day, I went back to the to the office and walked into the building. And then the receptionist at my office basically said to me, "Oh, uh, there was there was like some commotion here. Like she wanted to like have a quick gossip with me about what happened yesterday." So she's like, yeah, the police came. They were here this morning. Like, I guess there was like a black guy knocking on the window and, and you know, trying to ask them to let him in the building or whatever. And like, I told them, this is what this lady at my company at the front desk said. She said, yeah, I told them like, there's no, there's no black people that work here in this building. There, there isn't any black people here. I was like, what? Like, yeah, it was me. Like me. Hi. Yeah, well, you're talking to me right now. <laughs> I'm right in your face. You you don't you don't think it's me? So that was like you they associated me as English, like a British person and not even as black in their mind. And and that really was like this is confusing to me. So you think like black people are like african-americans like just people black and they're from america if you're from a different part of the world like you're a different kind of species like you're a whole different thing so i was like i understood that so 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 now going into different spaces i i think that a lot of the times people um white people do think that so there there's good and bad to that at the end of the day like it's like you're so dumbfounded so now i can leverage who i am against you but also you're so dumbfounded you don't think that this thing has any correlation at all like the color of my skin is i'm not even light skin like i'm not <laughs> yeah i mean well and, and regardless it's just one story of countless, countless yeah. hundreds of thousands yeah, yeah, millions yeah. Definitely. of the type of just kind of like the systematic almost overview yeah, and, yeah. And, and the overlay yeah. of how people, especially, and this is, you know, with this conversation is in the context of within the workplace yeah, yeah. and, and within real estate, uh, sub subcategory of that, but within both. Yeah. There's All just, of it. I mean, it just, there's layers. It just, it, just, it, just, it just tells you the lens that some people have, like they, just because of the way I speak, they don't associate me with black because probably if I was black, even if I was English, but spoke a different tone or did, did different mannerisms, you would probably now all of a sudden associate me with being black. So that was just, that was like happened early in my career. So just wanted to set that. And then I've had a lot of different experiences that a lot of people have probably had, but Fast forward to now, like getting into the luxury space in Denver, there is basically no, uh, and I'm just going to say highly active or highly productive agents, because there may be some other 
black or minorities that are doing real estate and I'm they may just not be on my radar. So forgive me if I haven't seen you or anything, but just from my day to day and other people that I've seen, I haven't seen anyone be a high level producer in the luxury space before as well that is black and looks like me. So I've I've come in to this company um, and luckily I got introduced from a guy from California who's very from a from a different background is more from a, a diversity standpoint understands culture and different things and he was like yeah you should come over and change the game and i was like all right i'm coming over and changing the game um but just it's just funny getting in there and just kind of seeing how you have to navigate all right if you're and the way the way I actually look at it, and just in business and in life, actually, like these these things are languages. I've I've come to understand that America and the system that and the foundation that is laid upon is very business orientated. The way everyone thinks and how the lay of the land is, a lot of the time it is about business, um, even with a lot of relationships. So people people have to understand that. And you have to be able to talk the language of how people communicate. So going into the luxury space. Okay, if you're just embedded in a luxury space and you know people and you like this is your family background, you can just kind of just mosey on your way in, like just walk in there. Yeah, my uncle is this guy, he's a hedge fund, he's the CEO and here and here. And it's just built into your kind of normal day-to-day life. When you are not from that, and you are black, you have to really, really not change who you are, but understand the language that people are speaking. And, and, and the way I look at it is the same way that like if you went to China and you are now basically trying to integrate yourself into Chinese culture, like in their culture, and, and I don't want to stereotype, but just generalizing, I don't, I don't know how they greet, but I know they do a lot of like hand gestures or mm-hmm. like prayers, hands like maybe you're American and like you're used to like a good old grip handshake. Like if you're in that world now, you have to stop doing that. Like right. you can't be in that space and then all of a sudden think I'm going to do what I do just my day to day. I'm going to force how I am on an entire country or segment of how everything is you have to kind of shift and adapt but not allow yourself to be like watered down or taken advantage of and i think sometimes black people get into certain spaces and think or or people try and make them think actually i should say people try and make them think that they need to like be happy that you're here. Like you, you should just be happy that you're even like mm. at this company or some right. shit like that. And I'm like, no motherfucker, you're going to be happy that I don't take all your shit and fucking double my business and take over the or, whole market. Or really, you should be happy that I'm here. I'm here. Right. Exactly. I mean, at the end of totally. the day, like I'm bringing a different perspective, a different value. Way, way different. We looked at way, way different perspective. And you're, and, and people need to, understand that they need to meet people from different cultures and backgrounds so that they can learn. Sometimes people, again, you're in that bubble and you're doing your handshakes the way you do it, but you don't know anything else that happens outside of that bubble. And that's actually why you see a lot of white people getting into trouble today. Because all you've ever done is surrounded yourself in that small circle of people and never met anyone outside of that that Mm -hmm. circle. And then now you're doing your day-to-day things that you would do in your circle 
and not even knowing that it's either bad behavior or just uncultured well, and that, type of gestures. That, that circle is where your friends are. It's where you make your money. Yep. It's where you develop new contacts. Yep. It's where you learn to, you know, it's where you end up traveling. Right. Yeah. Like it, it just becomes such a container. Like the people who, um, the, the, you know, I think there, there's many different types of backgrounds. I grew up on the East Coast, and yeah. the people who, you know, come from a lot of money, like it, you have no reason to leave. Yeah, like yeah, you have yeah. no reason yeah. to go They're and outside. look or peek under a rock or two. And the people who do are often like ostracized from families or they're, they're the black sheep of their networks because yes. what, where do you go? Why do you want to go, go to Bangladesh yeah, yeah. And, and go to a research what, hospital? And one one like, time, one, what, what was funny to me once is, is I, I, I knew this white family, their daughter wanted to be a dancer. Like she wanted to be, and she did hip hop dancing, right? Like hip hop street dance. Sure. That, that's what she did. She lived in golden Colorado. Okay. Like it's on the West side of town. If you're listening to you and you're outside of Denver, Cowtown. it's a cow town. It's like a straight white suburban neighborhood. And, um, and, and then, so I, she, she'd been interacting with me and we're talking blah, blah, blah. And all this, and I was like, oh, I think I was like going to meet a client or something. And I was like going to Aurora. And I was like, oh, I've got to go to Aurora. And she was like, oh, where is that? And I was like, oh, it's like, it's right, it's where you live. It's like 20 minutes east like, yeah. of where you live. And I was like, and I, but I said, aren't you doing dance though? Like, because in Aurora, there's more of a, a, a black community over in that side of town. And in my mind, I just thought, how do you think you're going to be good at dancing? If you have never been around any black people in your life, hundred percent. Like, you're, I'm sorry, but black people, the 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 vibe and the energy is with the culture. Like, you whatever you were doing was not hip hop. It was <laughs> stiff. You yeah. were stiff. Like, how do you have never traveled to Aurora to get into like the culture of the environment of where this music that you're trying to be a part of came? Like, they came from the black community, and you have never been or interacted with anyone that's black yeah yeah swing dance with a little bit of the robot yeah, is not hip-hop like, again so it's just like you you have to get outside of your box um especially if you're trying to do things and 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 overall it's like i think the world is is realizing especially with the internet today it's like you people actually want to have fun and when when people have to put anything together to have fun like when when I, when I was growing up like the things or when I, even when I went to Jamaica like the things people did for fun are like so so basic right because you're coming from like a poverty line and you have to be super creative to have fun so now when you're older or like down the road in life and you see like these musicians or or these runners or whatever it is like the reason you see black people in, in dominant spaces like sports or creativity or art or musical, this is like, yes, because they've had to struggle through to actually create a way for themselves with absolutely no funding, no, no, no assets, no, no, no apparatus, no nothing. They did it all by like, it, it, they didn't have a drum kit, so they beatbox. Like now, so now if I actually, if you give me a drum machine or a piano and I can actually play it and use a tool to enhance my craft, I'm going to be 10 times better it's than gonna you. It's going to be life changing. It's going to be a game yeah. changer. So, so let me, let me kick it a different way. Cause I want you, so back to, 
kind of more of the business yeah. level. Like what one thing I know about you is you have a tenacious mindset. Your mindset, I don't think I've seen this guy ever rocked off his game ever. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about like the fractional like oh he's a little bit. It's just like locked in. Yeah. And I think that is one a part of, you know, black white whatever. It's part of a, a you know, successful people's success. I mean that that's a true true thing whether you're an athlete or a someone in real whatever. But for you, you know, and, and one of the reasons why I flipped through that catalog and I say, like, we were going to be buds is, like, I knew your mindset already. I didn't even meet you. Like, mm. your mindset has to be pretty damn strong. And I, there's I, I want to be around someone like that. What, what would you say about your mindset and how it's developed, you know, as now someone who has had a very different background but is now a very successful um, entrepreneur and in the black community, you get a lot of respect. People really do listen to you. They follow you. They um, seek out your advice. And uh, and I think that since I've known you, that is only actually multiplied as well, that, that influence. So your mindset, how has that kind of developed? And was it always the same or was it always kind of, okay, like I learned and now because of who I am, I'm this? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think early days it was... Like you just you just want to make a change. I've had a lot of adversity thrown at me, so I've I've just I've had to build up like that that strong mind cap to like a little bit of protection, self protection. Like again, growing up in environments that I've grown up in, like you can't seem to be weak. Like you you don't you can't show that weakness. Um, and then later on in life, you think that's actually whack. Like, it's okay to be hurt for a moment. Like, you, you, you self-discover yourself. And then you're okay to be open with certain people. But also, it's like, for, for people that are really trying to be successful in life, whether it be in real estate or it be in any any industry, like, pe- people are going to test you, right? And it's like... What amount of tests? Like, I'll give you, I'll give you a real example because this just happened. So it's funny you say this because somebody just said the literally the same thing to me on on IG, and I didn't even post this on IG. But two 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 days ago, I think my car got broken into. Mm-hmm. Somebody smashed the windows out of my car and broke into my car. So that there was someone. My trainer was with me that day when it happened. We were training in the gym. We walked out. My car smashed in and broken into. And I was like, ah, like someone's broken into my car. <laughs> okay. I looked like there was some, there was some dollar bills there. They didn't even take it. I had my wallet. Um, so I was like, ah, all right, cool. And then I was like, hey, do you want to just go and get food anyway? Like, let's go eat. Cause I'll just get the window fixed. It just is what it is. And he goes to me like, bro, you're not pissed. Like, like <laughs> your, like your window is like on the floor, <laughs> smashed to pieces. And like I had to, luckily I had dry cleaning in the trunk of the car and I laid down like my sweats on the seat because there's literally glass, glass yeah. everywhere. I laid down the seat, we went and got some food and he's just like, we sat down and he said it again. He's like, bro, I cannot believe you are not like fuming. He's like, yeah. I'll be calling everyone right now, I'm pissed I am. Like, and I just said to him, you know, like, bro, I want to be pissed about a bigger problem than this. Mm. Like, I why am I going to, why would I now take up time, effort and energy to be pissed about this? Like 
if somebody just stole like three million dollars or my family was at risk or mm-hmm. someone was unhealthy or there was like a, a, an actual life-threatening thing something like that then then i need to get emotional this to me is a small problem and i think sometimes people when you when you're when you're coming from different environments you hold different things as different like values to you like when i was growing up some people might think like oh you said you were gonna be here at three and you're here at four and now that's like a, a a life and death like conversation these people are so mad at each other or you said you're gonna call me yesterday and you didn't call me and now now they're arguing about like you just didn't call me and i'm like you guys are wasting time about someone is an hour late or something like whatever it may be oh you said you were gonna let me borrow five dollars and pay me back on tuesday and you pay me back on wednesday like those things can trap you in like that situation and take up so much time and energy that now you can't focus on actually winning because you can't, I can't be mad and win mm-hmm. at the same time. Impossible. I cannot go through with my emotional state being pissed and also win in life and a business. So it's like, do I, do I, do I get mad and frustrated about this, or do I just go ahead and just keep winning and just pay the money for the glass? Because the re- you, 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 you are able to do more things when you're emotionally focused and positive about what yeah, the, and the I things can see are how be. that can play out with the things people may have said about you or things that you have you know experienced within your career where you're just not getting focused on those things yeah. and you're leveling up every time because you're basically just dodging the various things that are coming your way to get to the prize that you want and stay focused yeah because the pe- the pe- the people because why other people also get mad is because they are feeling like they should have more or they should be as successful as that person sometimes or whatever it may be. That person probably might have needed that money. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Who knows? But I'm not going to let that slow me down is, mm-hmm. is the thing. And and it's like now pe- people, my, my, my vengeance and my... my there, there's there's two ways that that drive me if 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 i give like i have calmed this down but there was a moment that pushed me in this way my revenge against anyone that thought that i couldn't do or i couldn't make it was that i'm gonna just make it make it <laughs> I'm, yeah you can think whatever you think but i'm gonna show you that this is possible and then on the other end of it to always like the the people that didn't think you were gonna make it now they become intimidated to like reach out to you because they were like, oh, that guy's never going to make it. But the people who actually came along for the journey, whether they're on the same wavelength or money sure. or no- nothing to do with money in that, but you can always be pouring into those people like because there's always going to be support out there. And black people, again, to go back to the point, more people just need to be willing to do the give back and not talking about give money back, give opportunity back, give advice back, give information back. That's why I love Clubhouse so much, like because the information is being shared. Information is much more valuable than money. Mm-hmm. Information is, is way more valuable. So now black people can get a chance to be all in a room together and share and, and be open about how they're doing it and what they're doing. Whereas again, right now in the world, they try and divide that portion of success. 
in what happens. People don't know what how you make money in real estate. People want to know how much money you can make and how to do it. And that is the value. Like me just telling you how to do it. And now you can do it. Because at the end of the day, if if black people aren't don't have access to the money, meaning money currency, right? Currency is flow. It's like water. It's like there's a big ocean over here, which is called white people and their money. And then there's a tiny pond over here and it's called black people and their money. And right now what's happening is the black people are giving all their money to white people. And all of this money continues to circulate over here. And we're trying to basically, we need to either dig out this trench and make our pool bigger. And what we can do is actually start taking some of this money. We need to dig a trench and the white people need to be digging from their side down and the black people need to be digging from their side up and just create this flow where now there's products in the black community that are growing and thriving and white people are paying and supporting those and black people are buying those products. So this pool is growing as well. And then we can start seeing some changes happen within how this kind of balances between black and white people. That's not the only way and not the one stop solution but it's a piece of the puzzle but yeah and we live in a capitalistic economy exactly i mean we we are in an economy that is not a and this is where i i want to go one one thing you said there is i don't think that it is a uh black people taking from white people money right what it is is a flow flow it's it is not this is an economy in america at least built on democracy and capitalism mm-hmm. where it's not a net negative if I, you know, if I create a business that has value for others and those others pay me for that value, mm-hmm. that does not mean that that value doesn't allow them other dollars or other opportunities in the future, right? Yep. That's where it's a net positive. Capitalism creates net positive solutions faster than any yep. other known to man system. Yep. And what is what what but what it can do is it can siphon people into like you said ponds to yep. keep the analogy it can siphon people into ponds and the bigger ponds have access to more water yep and there it's easier to get more water because yep. they attract it we want it, we want them to all connect and there be one big ocean everyone's diving in is but when there's money. one big ocean the ocean fills up faster yeah like there's 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 so much more cumulative effect mm-hmm. of positive value in the system yep. that everyone ends up having a better lifestyle and that's where you know back in like you know even like the civil rights era not even that long ago like you can see like there was there just systematically not just for black people but for white people who were in power the value could only get so high mm-hmm. because there's only so many people participating in the system. In the system, when yeah. you have more people participating in the system, more cumulative value comes out of it. Yeah, and what you know, what a lot of people will say is, well, how do we get that from the black side? How do we get that access to that capital? How do we get that funding? And yes, one hundred percent, there has been systematic rules that has blocked that, that has stopped that in the past. Those rules are being removed more and more over time. But now what people need to do is really just come together and share the information because there's way, there's ways that I don't even know to access capital for your business sure. or share ideas, like be involved in the change as to what's happening. Share the podcast with people, go into clubhouse, share on social media, create groups, create the communities and start building within and people will start to see this movement happening. But I, I think that 
overall and just taking it back to real estate for a moment like again now we definitely know that black people can have access to fha loans that wasn't available before that that was a thing that happened just recently so start buying into real estate that is you know still i believe a great way to start building wealth within your community owning homes because again that transfer of wealth when you know somebody leaves a home to somebody else is the is a is a stepping stone why people have had a big advantage on that they 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 got the land for free there was houses built so now for 400 years those homes were being passed down and passed down so now again we're, we're behind but you need to catch up so you need to start buying houses you need to start investing into the market get educated on all these different things so you can start now and some of it won't be for you know the person that's 40 and they're just getting started but it will be for your kids and you gotta just do it now some of the investing that i'm doing I, like bitcoin i invested stu knows i don't even know how much i got it's in some safe somewhere why do i forget about it and just leave it there because it's not for me i don't it's not for me it's for my kids like when i invest in the market some of these things it's like i'm just doing this so if i'm gone at some point my kids have now they can come into a structure of wealth and they can build upon it and they can share the knowledge and they can bring other people into it and they can maybe start a business they can create a product they can now have access to what everyone's saying is that capital the capital can start from within and we can build it and get it from outside if need be as well but we can do this all together and just share the information and having a white person on your side is kind of dope too i don't I, i'm with it i'm with it black people <laughs> white people working together this is this is all dope shit happening. I'm sorry, like we we can we can find common ground, we can partner, we can share ideas, and be able to make the world a better place overall. If we're if we're able to cohabitate, learn from each other, and and get educated on whatever has happened in people's past and how we want to see the future um, of America and the world to be, is what I think. Well said. Very well said. And uh, just to kind of, you know, on the, on the real estate end, obviously this is a, this is a real estate podcast mm -hmm. and we went, we went long today on purpose just to dive way into, you know, these things that are kind of happening at a way broader scale than just real estate. But one last question just to wrap up is what do you think the people who would maybe look up to you specifically if they are from a minority community you know, but want to get into real estate, get into luxury real estate, like how, how should they start and how, what, what's one thing that you've done that, that you figure everyone really needs to do if they're coming from those types of communities? Mm. Yeah, you got, so, so, I know, try and keep tough. it short, it's tough, try and keep it short, but, <laughs> uh, is follow me on IG, definitely number one. And, you know, you can always reach out, DM me if you have any questions. We do have a coaching platform that we launched, um, which basically I text message people every single day from that service. So, you know, quick plug on that. But but really, more than anything, it is you have to know, Do are you ready to work in this space? Like this space in the luxury market requires a lot that that's just the reality of it it requires a lot of your time it requires a lot of resources and it requires a lot of of shift in brand and i think a lot of the times i've seen time and time again it's like you want to be in a luxury space but you don't like you're and this this goes for everyone actually because i've seen it from both sides 
But like you can't be on your IG and like there is like pictures of you being in like a music video and then like also you want to sell like a $10 million house. Again, this is about like language. It's not that the music video and being in the hood is bad. It's just that it's you're not speaking the same language. You have to shift your brand into that culture and find your yourself within that culture. Again, you're not going to change who you are. Mm. You're not going to dumb yourself down, but you do need to understand that culture. Just like if you're going to China or if you're going to Jamaica, when people come back from Jamaica, all of a sudden they're saying, well, go on. Yeah, man. All of, oh, why, why are you talking like that? You're, are you, did you change who you are? No, <laughs> but you went to a country and you find it, you know, some cool stuff to adapt to. So find your space be yourself, make it cool the way you want it in that space, but you will have to make some some direct changes and then find mentors, find people that you can speak to that have gone through these experiences. And it might just be online, um, but I think that is is really the key. And, and the, bigger, the biggest shift, I would say, is stop. Like we've kind of covered it as well, but that mindset piece that I talked about, like let go of all that small petty bullshit and then also stop focusing as much on money. I hear too many like people getting into a space worrying about, and I heard Meek Mill talking about this on a clubhouse a while ago. He's like, I offered somebody $20,000 as a record deal. And they said, that ain't no money. Like I'll just blow through that and be back in the hood next week. And Meek Mill was like, I signed to Rick Ross for $0 and I'm here. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't, you, you're not understanding the opportunities that people are offering. Like, don't focus on the one-time check. Because when you get in this space and what Meek Mill understands now is that tw- he knows that 20000 isn't shit. He's mm-hmm. just giving you like some chump changes to put in your pocket so you can like feed yourself for a while. And then let's get to the opportunities right. that are going to present themselves. Just by walking with me, there's going to be opportunities. Just by him being signed to Rick Ross, there's opportunities presented. So when you can align yourself with the right people, don't worry about the quick check. The same. I had this conversation with somebody else. He's like, I don't want to do a photo shoot with this company because it was only like some small amount of money and my thing automatically i was like you didn't want to do that you're going to get free pictures and video from a map it was with reebok this shoot was with reebok and this person was in an athletic space like that's their business in their industry and i was like bro you you need to go and do that so you can leverage it and do that you're worried about getting paid a hundred dollars or yeah, like a thousand. You, you, you might meet people. You're, you there's never so know. Many opportunity. yeah. Opportunities. So stop worrying about the small time paychecks. Get on the mindset, rebrand yourself, and grind it out. Awesome. Done. Great pod. Success! You've made it to the end of the episode, and because of this, we want to give you a reward. So head over to www.agentdailydose.com and enter the coupon code PODCAST for 10% off our standard membership rate. We look forward to getting to know you more in the community.